0: This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Marketing Against the Grain, hosted by Kip Bodner and Kieran Flanagan. It is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Look, if you want to know what's happening now in marketing, what's ahead, and how you can stay ahead of the game, this is the podcast for you. Host and HubSpot's CMO and SVP of marketing, Kip and Kieran share their marketing expertise, unfiltered in the details, the truth, and like nobody tells it. In fact, a recent episode, they titled Half-Baked Marketing Ideas. They got down in the weeds, talked about some outside-of-the-box campaigns with real businesses, Listen to Marketing Against the Grain wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance. My guest today is Claire Price. She's the president and CEO of Octane Growth Systems, the systems process and tools company that helps you take control of your marketing through smart execution. And she's also the author of a book we're going to talk about today, Smart Marketing Execution, How to Accelerate Profitability, Performance and Productivity. So Claire, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, John. Very nice to be here.
0: So give me a little bit about your, I gave kind of the bio, scripted bio, but give me a little bit of of your kind of your backstory, your entrepreneurial journey. Like how did we get to here?
1: Well, I started developing the system about 10 years ago. I I released a series of what I would call playbooks for small business marketing. Because you see, I, well, first of all, I want to say something why I'm so honored to be here with you. Because (laughs) I consider you to be the pioneer of small business marketing systems. And I think everything that, that I have in my book and what other people have done was really built on the foundation that you laid. And I, before I get into my stuff, I have to <laughs> say that. So looking at that, about 10 years ago, I started seeing an issue with small business marketing, and that is a lot of small business owners lacked strategy. They lacked mm-hmm. yeah. a ability to do, they, they got goals, whether they worked with a marketing agency or with a coach or whatever they got goals and they dived right into implementing those goals what i found was missing was that there was a gap between strategy and action and i started looking at ways to help business owners close that gap and that is what led eventually over the last 10 years really experimenting with different approaches different systems to being able to develop something, which I believe right now, anybody with marketing experience, a little bit of marketing experience can take the book and really learn how to develop a strategy for a small or medium-sized business.
0: Yeah. You know, you're obviously, you're preaching to the choir here. I mean, I've said strategy before tactics probably 6 billion times, you know, in the last 30 years. But, you know, one of the challenges, and I'm curious how you've encountered this, one of the challenges I find is that You can say the word strategy to people until you're blue in the face and they don't really know what it means. And in fact, part of the challenge is that if you Google the term marketing strategy, you will find a list of blog posts that basically 15 tactics will be listed. So how do you get somebody, how do you differentiate between a tactic and what you're calling strategy?
1: Well, the way that we do it is we've developed six canvases that focus on Mm -hmm. six core areas of business growth and that's brand development, brand power, customer acquisition, message clarity, market expansion, sales enablement, so marketing and sales working together, and product marketing or product innovation. Right. And the way that we the way that we develop strategy, I think is very unique for small businesses, is we ask a series of discovery questions. And the way that we get to the answers of those questions is by having our clients work through a series of worksheets, assessments, and tools. What that does, John, is that actually has them developing strategy while they're thinking everything through, and at the end, they do have a strategic blueprint for those specific areas.
0: Right, right. So so what have you found, and you have a section on this, so I'm gonna go there and let you kind of talk about it, but what have you found are some of the biggest growth killers, You know, for particularly for small businesses?
1: I think the biggest growth killer is the trial and error marketing, churn and burn yeah. marketing, going out. Yeah. And imagine, I know you've had this experience. I bet everyone in your audience has had this experience where you get, you've get got to do goals. Okay. We're recording right. this at the end of October. So everybody's thinking 2023 planning, right? So people get into the room, you know, it's an offsite. Maybe there's great food, there's pastries and everybody settles into their chair in front of a huge whiteboard and there's a facilitator, sometimes not, and they scribble furiously for two or four hours, and the whiteboard is completely filled, and everybody's got their goals and their desired approach or their direction circled. And at the end of that exercise, the CEO or the CMO, marketing director, stands up and says, okay, everybody, let's get it done. What happens is then is everybody jumps out of their chair and goes and does what they know how to do. Hmm. What is missing and what we really, Focus on in smart marketing execution is looking at the alternatives, not just jumping into the tried and true. You know, let's go do social media, let's go do Facebook ads, let's go do, you know, video advertising or whatever. But let's look at the alternatives for the goal that you want to set or that you have set. And then we benchmark those alternatives using a set of data, and that data includes looking at team capabilities, looking at resources, looking at timeline, looking at budget. In fact, in my book, in Chapter 9, Smart Execution Chapter, there's actually a formula where you can benchmark the projected revenue minus the cost, divide that by the time frame and come up with a growth score. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you can actually literally using data show what is likely to have a better return on investment than something else. So that's the approach we take.
0: So one of the things that I certainly found early on working with small business owners is that, you know, I had my toolbox of traditional marketing things, but when you work with a small business and you've, alluded to some of these, I mean, you get into operations, what is traditionally seen as operations? Maybe you get into what is traditionally seen as finance. I mean, how do you manage the fact that somebody is hiring you to do marketing, but you can't really do marketing if you don't get into every aspect of their business?
1: And that's why one of the things that I'm doing with is developing what I call a ecosystem of partners. And so if somebody does I do see a finance problem, I do see an operations problem. I have perhaps a fractional CFO that I can refer mm-hmm. them to mm. or a fractional business coach that can address that problem. And the part the key part of having the ecosystem is we work together. Right. We don't just hand off a referral and say, okay, you go do your thing, and then when you're done we'll come we'll start restart marketing. We work really as a team and yeah. I'm really looking for preferred partners. That And some are already listed on my website that can be part of this ecosystem.
0: Yeah. And I actually think that's a practice that that more marketing consultants, more consultants in general ought to do. You know, you think about all the various areas that every client you work with, whether, you know, they probably have an accountant already and they maybe have a coach, an executive coach. And I mean, I think all of these professionals that serve a client, you know, wouldn't the client be served better if we all work together?
1: (laughs) Exactly. 100%.
0: Yeah. And it's odd because they're, you know, It's rarely done. And and sometimes what you might propose gets pushback from another professional. I always pick on accountants because it's so easy to do that, you know, where if they have truly understood, you know, what you're proposing, you know, they might be behind it. And so I think it really, you know, you, you instead of being counter, you know, it's like you're all working for the mutual good.
1: Exactly. And one of the things that we say that Octane is really a marketing operating system because Mm -hmm. we are not looking at it from a standpoint of just being let's find a program, let's find a campaign and try and see if it works. It's it's a combination of strategy, execution and in our case, automation. So we will also Mm -hmm. look at the automated systems that are in place when you can explain to a financial professional or a business professional. The idea of marketing from an operation sense, which is very common at the high, the large corporate level, mm-hmm. not so common at the mid market level. I think they, they have a better understanding, and I think they're more willing to kind of kind of get into that partnership.
0: Well, and I think that. Your growth score, for example, that you just mentioned, you know, you take an account in the growth score and basically say, we're talking about this investment because it will return X. I think that's a, you know, as opposed to, oh, marketers just want to spend money on ads. I mean, you're now basically showing, you know, here's what this investment is going to return. And that's obviously, that's an argument that's going to go a lot farther with a a financially business owner, but certainly with an accounting professional, isn't it?
1: Absolutely.
0: So I want to I meant to actually ask this a little earlier. You know, you specifically have the word execution in in the title of the book. How do you differentiate between execution and say planning?
1: The way that we differentiate it is that we call the planning of the blueprint Mm -hmm. uh, our strategic blueprints and the execution is the roadmap. So the blueprint is how are we going to build this? And the roadmap is once we know what we want to build, how are we actually going to get from where we are today to the destination? And the key part of smart execution is actually building that roadmap out so that people are again not just doing what they know how to do or you know what they've scrawled on a napkin or a whiteboard, but we've actually we do roadmaps for clients that are similar to a customer journey, similar to a product development roadmap, so that they actually can see month by month what their goal, goal is, where they're going.
0: This is Jay Bear, marketing and customer experience author advisor and expert. And I'm not just an occasional guest on the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I'm also a listener. Why? Because in my estimation, the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is one of the finest business resources available in any medium. The guests are tremendous. John knows just about everything about marketing and business. And if you can't improve your business after listening to this show for a while, I don't know what can. So we do, you know, similar, have done a similar kind of approach for years. And one of the things that often happens is there's huge gaps, there's huge things they're missing. They want to do it all. You know, how do you help a business owner prioritize, you know, again, if they throw enough money at something, obviously everything could be a priority, right? But how do you in, in real life, you know, help somebody prioritize, you know, what's on the roadmap?
1: And that comes into that comes the gross score comes into that mm-hmm. and it also the just in general what the likelihood of success is also what the urgency is those are some yeah. of the ways that that we help them prioritize. Yeah.
0: You mentioned the accelerators and really there's a good half of the book is really built on unpacking those. And by the way, great tools, worksheets in the book. I'm sure that we'll at the end, I'll invite you to tell people where they can find those in real life as well as in the book. But let's talk about a couple of the growth accelerators. You know, a lot of small business owners, when they hear brand development, you know, all the brand kind of words, they either feel like it's a bunch of fluff. Or it's not for them, or they minimalize it and say, "Oh yeah, I've got a logo. You know, that's my brand." How do you how do you help somebody understand the importance of brand development?
1: We have a tool as part of the Octa Growth System, as part of the Brand Accelerator, called a Value Grid. That's my that is my core tool that every client has to go through, and what it does is again, it replaces the traditional I will call it agency approach. Because if you think about the traditional agency pros, what happens when you're going to do brand values, right? Again, everybody's in that room. They throw a mm-hmm. bunch of words up on the whiteboard. They circle the words. Everybody agrees on the top three, five, or seven. They, and they leave the room and the agency puts a sentence against them, right? That's <laughs> what I've experienced in my yes. career.
0: Yes.
1: What we do is we have a, val- our value grid starts with those values. So same start. But we also define the value based on a dictionary definition. So everybody has the same definition of the value and they're not self-defining the value. Sure. That's number one. Number two, we ask them why that brand is important to the company. And we ask them to really give us a reason behind the value. How does that change the company culture? How does that change the customer experience? How does that really relate to the day-to-day employee experience? And then the fourth step is we ask them to give us the what, the why and the what. So the what is, how are you living that value every day in your business? Mm-hmm. And that's actually put in, in a grid style with a lot of, of, of detailed information. And the values do come out of that. And then they're tied to the company culture. They're tied to the employee experience and they're tied to the customer experience.
0: Yeah, I think people really underestimate a lot of times when they think of brand, it's like, what's the public face? I think they really underestimate the internal culture, of the employee experience, because that's really when it really comes down to it, that's in especially in small businesses, that's how your brand is experienced is through your people. Really? <laughs> Probably Absolutely. less from like, you know, your television ads, right? So, so really a, an important part that I think is missed often. Chapter five talks about, and it's one of the accelerators you talk about uh, message clarity. I find for a lot of small businesses, we have to actually start with message, period, you know, because a lot of times it's just like, here's what we do. And it's like a race to be the same. How do you help folks not just clarify a message, but clarify message? message? message that matters, you know, that differentiates them.
1: So, again, we use the message canvas, which is in the book, which has Mm -hmm. the six areas that we look at. So we look at, well, first of all, what's the big idea? What do you really want to communicate? And the other thing I think that's important, John, and I think this is the core big mistake that business owners make when they're looking at their message, uh, it's a translation error they know what they do they know how they speak it they know how they live it but the customer doesn't necessarily live and speak the same way no. the business owner does for example i had one client who sells software to k12 schools and they had a real problem with their messaging because they were an engineering company they were selling to superintendents of schools public information off and a whole different culture of people with a whole different set of of ways of looking at the world. And so they would come in with feeds and the school people were like, well, we don't, we're not, we don't understand this. What is this? So we ended up doing a lot of work on the messaging there to translate the true benefit, the benefit to the customer, the benefits that the customer was living day to day. And I think that's the other mistake that a lot of happens with messaging is people go with a very surface message like, okay, what's our benefit? Okay. Well, our benefit is, you know, faster, cheaper, better, but what's the actual lived experience that person that customer's having, what's going to change the way that they do their business, live their life or, you know, live relationships. And then once you find that, you find that, that real deep desire motivation, then you can really provide the right message.
0: Yeah. I've, after, doing thousands and thousands of interviews with customers of our customers, you know, one of the things that's become very clear to me is most businesses don't understand the real problem they're solving for their customers. And that's kind of what you're getting at or or at least have no ability to put it in the words or the voice of the customer. And when you can do that, you know, it really it it sends sort of a magical message to the person you get me. I think that's why it's such a great starting point. Let's talk about expansion, which is again, another one of the, the accelerators, you know, a lot of people just traditionally, it's like, Hey, we've, you know, we've gotten to a certain point. Do we go after a new market? Do we just make more products? Do we go into a different geography? How do you, how do you help people kind of hone in on, you know, smart ways to grow, I guess?
1: Well, I look at market expansion and I'll use an overused term and you'll all hopefully you'll forgive me, the land and expand approach to expansion, which is finding your core niche, finding that core area where you're the strongest and then moving out from there. I tell my clients it's a pie, not a circle, because what I typically find is that people want to get customers everywhere, especially when they're startups and so they're sort of creating dots in a circle. That never ever get connected. But if you look at it as a pie where there's a starting point, and from the, the starting point, you sort of expand out from there, you look for related niches. And I do have, I have a chart in my book that talks about mm. when my first consulting after leaving the corporate world was in real estate marketing and branding. And it was great until 2009 came along. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, I will never forget, I was driving to my one of my clients, Keller Williams, in, uh, living in Sacramento at the time, and I'm driving up to the office and look across the parking lot and Financial Title Company, which was one of the largest title companies in the Sacramento region, their doors were bolted, were literally chain locked, and all of their file boxes were outside the door. Hmm. Permanently closed. The real estate marketing and branding that I was doing disappeared very quickly, as you can well imagine. I had to find a new niche. So, what I did was, I looked at what are the characteristics of what a real estate person uh, is dealing with in terms of branding, and then what are similar, what would be similar professions. So, for example, real estate, um, they're all selling the same product. So they have to brand on their person, their their own character, their own style of working. So who else has to do that? Well, insurance representatives, for example, and financial, financial representatives. So looking for related segments that have the same characteristics that you're already serving, so the product is likely to be a good fit or... A good fit with small modifications, I think, is a really good way to go, and it's particularly valuable for those companies that don't have a huge marketing budget who right. need to, you know, kind of kind of take it slow so they can take advantage of the next door neighbor, if you will, in terms of the customer segment.
0: Awesome. Well, Claire, we uh, we have run out of time, but I'd sure love it if you'd invite people to where they can find the book, where they can find out more about your work.
1: Okay. Well, I want to let your audience know, John, that I do have a special offer for them. If they go to octangrowth.com slash my offer and click the link, they'll be given a free download of the first chapter of the book. And they'll also be able to set up a a 30 minute discussion consulting call with me. If they want to purchase the book, the book is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and all of your regular channels. there's also links to those on my website. And I just want to, again, thank you very much for the opportunity to speak with you and uh, with your audience.
0: Well, thanks so much for stopping by and taking time to stop by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. And hopefully we'll run into you one of these days out there on the road. I hope so. Hey, and one final thing before you go. You know how I talk about marketing strategy, strategy before tactics. Well, sometimes it can be hard to understand where you stand in that, what needs to be done with regard to creating a marketing strategy. So we created a free tool for you. It's called the Marketing Strategy Assessment. You can find it at marketingassessment.co, not dot com dot <laughs> co. Check out our free marketing assessment and learn where you are with your strategy today. That's just marketingassessment.co. I'd love to chat with you about the results that you get.